Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Friday. We hope you're doing great. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man. Mike Bell, it is Friday. Uh, there is a lot going on. We're going to talk to Darren Eels. <laughs> We're going to talk to Darren Eels coming up in 20 minutes. That was a funny moment from yesterday's show, by the way. Mm-hmm. How you feeling today, bro? How you doing? It's Friday, man. I'm ready. I went down to the butcher shop. I got my steaks for tonight for a little grilling on the rec tech. So we got our hashtag Dukes of Bell tailgate at home. And again, you guys can do it all weekend long. Share those pictures with us. So yeah, I got some steaks uh, at the gym today, and I was running late, so I'm literally dressed like a total Jersey Shore meathead today. So I literally <laughs> look like, ah, you know, let me shave my arms and have some chicken cutlets, and I'm going to the office. Ah. So anyway, you can watch the shenanigans at uh, Twitch and uh, see what's going on. Uh, buoyed by the brave success last night. Good to see yeah. you. Funny, I was calling out Dansby, right? You and I were talking about it yesterday. The Dansby with a grand salami last night. Yeah, I mean, listen, th- this is a lineup. We're gonna need all the help we can get right i mean again you take out we've been saying this 250 275 whatever you want to say with the cunha night in there that's 100 rbi ozuna was probably going to be a 90 to 100 rbi guy and then you know what you were going to get from darno now he's coming back but we need all the help we can get i know mike was critical of dansby yesterday and i said everybody on this team if for whatever reason we don't reach the goal needs to be evaluated you just don't go well um let's not talk about shortstop because you know we like him I love Dansby, but it was great to see him get the, the grand salami last night. It was the difference maker. His first, by the way, career grand slam. And Arcia also added a, a solo shot. So we beat the Phillies. This is what we talked about. This is a big series. Phillies think they're within striking distance. If you can win this series and then somehow, Mike, find a way to win that Met series and gain some real ground with the head-to-head matchups, we're going to be in business by the trade deadline. But then that, that makes you wonder, do they stay put? Do they not right. do anything at that point? If we win this series and say we win two out of the first three against the Mets, are the Braves thinking we're not going to pull the trigger on anything? So I know we've talked about maybe uh, one or two pieces for the bullpen if they're so inclined. Uh, I mean, again, you know, we, we, we never – the thing is we're never uh, privy to what the ask is. What are the pieces that they want? If we're going to go get established guys or, you know, guys that are, are doing a, a decent job out of the pen, they're going to want, you know, stuff. And everybody wants pitching. You know, we got a lot of pitching I'd be more than willing to get rid of, Carl, to be quite honest with you. Some of these guys on the endless shuttle from Gwinnett, you know, to Truist Park and, and move on. But there's a lot of guys that we know are, are probably deemed untouchable. So, and that was we don't know what happened last year, what some of the asks were that maybe would have improved our starting pitching that we would have needed in the playoffs. Yeah, so I still think these decisions that we've been talking about with the Braves are, are looming. Um, I don't know if anything's set in stone right now. I cannot tell you if Alex Anthopoulos, even if he's talked about deals with teams, if the deal is if he's ready to pull the trigger quite yet. And again, I think that has a lot to do with what we do this weekend and then moving on to the Mets. Darren Eels, as I mentioned, is on the way. Uh, we kept pushing him back, pushing him back, and it wasn't necessarily us. It was just scheduling. But we'll talk to Atlanta United's president. Uh, they have a big match tomorrow, Mike Columbus. 
And, you know, again, you said there were some positives in the match the other night. I felt better about the way that they played overall, even though the result wasn't what we wanted. Right. Uh, it'll be, uh, again, a 70 full full stadium. I mean, we'll see if we get more people for Kanye or for uh, Atlanta United. But, again, we're going to have the full McGillah. <laughs> I, I still, for the love of me, I still don't know what that is, uh, what that was last night. But, uh, well, but he's yeah. dropping new music, man. Yeah, man. And they had the, it was like the whole floor, the whole stadium floor was white. It was just this whole thing. was going, He lost it talking about the card. I don't know, man. I, I read the review. I, I, you, you enjoyed it. I'm glad you all enjoyed it. It was a giant listening party. But, anyway, yeah, man, full 70 for the, uh, for the Columbus uh, they're a good team. You know, Cincinnati is not. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't only able to score one goal and get the draw, but saw some things yeah, we did like. We'll ask Darren Eels about it. Our final cha- Finally, we get a chance to speak with the president and is arguably the most tumultuous week in the history of United. He really is, guys. Uh, also along the way today, Joe Patrick, our Braves insider, will join us as he does on Fridays. Um, and Bryce Kuhn, Mike, will join us talking about the ACC. Now, there is so much college football news out there right now, and it's really uncanny because – Right now, we're getting ready to start NFL camps, right? And there are other places around the country that have already started. We talked about Cowboys, Steelers. We start next week. But this news of potentially, you know, conference shifting again is huge. And for the ACC, it it, it means something as well. But they just wrapped up their media days yesterday. So he's going to join us as part of our dog report at 4 o'clock. And I'm curious to know what he thinks about what Dabo had to say and and some of the other coaches that spoke yesterday as that thing wrapped up. But, Mike, this is – if it happens, and I think it is, by the way, if, if Texas, check that, when Texas and Oklahoma move to the SEC, okay? Because I believe it's going to happen. I well, think now, it's going to be something monumental for this right. not to happen. But now we're finding out this thing's been under under wraps, and been, they've been working under, behind the scenes now for months, Carl. Months well, on this th- thing. And that's why, I, <laughs> it's, that's why A&M didn't know anything about it. Totally and, kept in the dark, blinds, <laughs> blindsided by the rest of their own conference. And uh, it's funny, but it's not, because this is why you get everything in writing. This handshake thing is is not how you do business. And I know, you know, everybody, oh, we had a handshake agreement that if anything happened. <laughs> if Oklahoma left, okay. Oklahoma stays right. T. Boone Pickens had a handshake <laughs> agreement with Oklahoma. Good, good luck. <laughs> so I think it's going to happen, but my point is it's it's going to impact the ACC as well, because now does the ACC go, well, you know, we need Notre Dame. We got to have you as a full member. I mean, that that could shift where you mentioned the other day, West Virginia. Who are they trying to add to potentially create a, a better conference for themselves? Either way, Bryce Coons on the way at 4 o'clock, so we'll get into that conversation. But, yeah, Mike, that that, um, that news today, I think we, I have a couple of A&M friends of mine, and uh, they, they're PO'd. Because they felt like they've been bamboozled Hoodwink. by the SEC going behind their back. We didn't land in the SEC. The SEC <laughs> landed on us. No, the thing is, it's it's because of the – again, I had these, our discussion today. Uh, shout out to JT from the gym today. and He's, uh, he works as uh, APD officer. And stay safe out there, JT. But uh, he's a Georgia fan, and he was saying – I mean, he goes – is this really all about the dollars? I go, yeah, it's about the money. He goes, how is Texas ever going to win anything? They can't even win the Big 12. And I said, I asked Carl that yesterday. But, I mean, first things first, more money, more money. Yeah, I, I if I'm A&M, I don't like this either. You know, you're hurting my recruiting uh, efforts now because I've been the only school in the state to be, be able to go outside of the right. state and say, hey, you can play in the SEC and your mom and dad or your, your folks can still see you play. Now you add Texas to the mix and Oklahoma, again, two recruiting powerhouses. That's going to diminish what A&M is able to do. So I get it. A&M, you don't like this. You you wanted your own identity. You had it. Now you're going to be in the shadows again of Oklahoma and Texas. I, I get totally where they're coming from. But as far as winning, because – 
the, the conversation to me, there's two, Mike. One is <laughs> how does this improve college football, the SEC, the money involved? That, that's one conversation. Then the other conversation is now let's worry about winning. I, I don't know if Oklahoma or Texas is worried about winning the SEC. I think this is it's so much bigger than that. I'm not telling you that, that you know, the, the coaches don't care. But I think we're so far from that right now. Just getting in the conference and the impact that's going to have is going to be huge. And then when you get in, let's see what we can do. You know, I don't know if any one of those teams are coming in and saying we're going to run all four or five straight SEC championships. Because, again, I don't care who's in the West. You still got to deal with that guy named Nick Saban. Right. And the other uh, aspect of it, I mentioned West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia doesn't obviously not bring anything major as far as a TV market into any, any, uh, you know, let's be honest, conference affiliation. Um, ACC, they wanted in the ACC real bad, you know, years ago when they were in the Big East. They really wanted to come over, and then nobody from the ACC wanted them. I think uh, the way I read it, Virginia was one in particular was blocking it. So what, do you, what are you going to do now? Is Baylor going to try to join the Pac-12? I mean, I just, I just don't think that whatever this big, the big eight now, when you take away two teams, there are only 10 teams in the Big 12. They're not oh, it's, viable. It's destroyed. If yeah, that, I mean, that league's destroyed I mean, if they leave. Unless you're going to, you know, try to cobble something together with like the Houstons of the world and steal from other conferences. But even then, it's just, it's just not, it's not attractive. No. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas are name brands. Nebraska, it's hard to explain to younger people how big Nebraska, Oklahoma used to be True. when it hasn't meant anything for 30 years now, to be honest. But, you know, I mean, Nebraska, I mean, let's be honest, Tom Osborne's the last time, or 25 years, I should say, last time they were relevant so they're up there in the big 10 i don't know i asked you yesterday does the acc need to is it an arms race does the acc need to pivot here or just stand pat no they're they're gonna it's gonna impact them um i don't know if they're going to be reactive immediately to this but if you're the acc you know powers that be you should be talking to any and everybody that's going to improve your conference there's no doubt about this and again what we're getting to mega conferences the bigger the conference right and the more powerful, you know, um, brands you have, the more you're going to have in this new world we live in of name, image, and likeness. Think about that. I mean, outside of just the football, which we care about, right. this new world we're in, how, <laughs> how do you pass up now if you're a young man coming to the SEC and saying, hey, not only, no matter where you're from in the South, okay, because they're going to own the South as far as recruiting is concerned. Mm-hmm. They already do. But – no matter where you come from, and then say, "Hey, by the way, you know, um, your your NL or, or name, image, and likeness is going to be seen not only in our state, but also oh, did I tell you Texas and Oklahoma and Louisiana?" Hmm. And it's just, I think, from that standpoint, Mike, that changes the game, and that's why I think the ACC you got to be having that that same conversation with your kids that you're recruiting. Right. By the way, uh, Matt Hayes, what's his affiliation? CF is he uh, is he right for Athlon or was he right for this guy that runs the story? Anyway, he's a college football co- reporter, but he's quoting Brett McMurphy. Okay, it's a Brett McMurphy initial story, but A and M Carl being kept out of the loop is absolutely one hundred percent inaccurate. Multiple SEC sources telling him all university presidents had been part of the process all along. Anything else is a hundred, a thousand percent false. So if A and M says they were blindsided, now, now this is great. Now, so not not only are you not happy about this, you've basically got other conference teams calling you liars now. If I you're the it. Texas A and M, I love it. I love it. This is the drama that that is going to happen before the season starts. Now, once the season starts, I'll be honest with you, I don't care about it because. We know nothing is going to happen this year, and now it's about, you know, is Georgia good enough? Is is Alabama going to get back? I, I care about the games, but, Mike, right now this is the talk. This is where everybody is because we know once the, they expand the college football playoff, that's when this is going to take place. And, and I say that meaning whatever it is. 
All right, man. Polls up at Dukes and Bell, 929. How do you feel about the possibility of Texas and OU joining the SEC? Go vote at Dukes and Bell, 929. All right, we've got plenty to get to, but coming up next, Darren Eels is going to join us, president of Atlanta United. Mike said it. Busy week, to say the least. We'll talk to him next. It is Dukes and Bell. Poll questions up. How do you feel about the possibility of Texas and OU joining the SEC? Uh, love it. Hate it. Hate it. Don't care. Go dogs or need more info. And I asked Chris, what about need more info? He said, well, how's the conference going to be, you know, uh, split up? Who's going where? That's the need more info part. But, uh, you can go vote at Dukes and Bell 929. Um, our next guest has been a busy guy and we appreciate him rescheduling with us and making time for us, uh, because we wanted to talk to him earlier in the week when all of this stuff was going down, but we finally get a chance to catch up with Darren Eels, president of Atlanta United. And, and Darren, I, I guess it's been a slow week for you, huh? Slow? Yeah, I'll tell you guys, uh, look, apologies for, uh, not being able to do our regular Tuesday slot, but it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a busy week. Um, and obviously we've got the transfer window open as well, so we're, we're looking to try and, improve the squad on that front as well so it's uh, it's been a bit hectic so thank you for your patience and you know darren you know we love you and we love the team we're supporters we are season ticket holders but it's just the, the conversation we were having until we could talk to you was how did you guys not know that the coach was going to be that much of a hard case did i mean was it truly an example of you didn't know what you had till he was in the building no look and i think um look i don't want to go into the specifics we've said that you know there's a variety of issues relating to sort of day-to-day leadership of the team, that we had to make the decision that was the right decision of the club. Obviously, it was at a time we wouldn't want to make it. I sort of want to stress it wasn't about results on the pitch or, you know, anything around the Joseph situation, because as you know, Joseph was, uh, they sort of uh, buried their differences and they'd actually trained on that Sunday morning. But it was really a, a variety of factors that, that made us have that decision. A little like, like anything, I think, um, you know, People have different tendencies and characters, and you can take references, but you can never truly know till someone's in the building how things are going to go. So you can have ideas. Look, I think everyone unilaterally felt that, you know, Gabby's profile as a coach, his style would be a great fit for us. You know, that was something I think that universally everyone acknowledged. I think, you know, people knew sort of backgrounds and elements of his his personality as a player. And look, he demonstrated that he was amazingly uh, focused in terms of training and you know, I think, you know, and I want to stress this, like from a coaching and a development of the players, I think, you know, a lot of our players learned a lot in his time there. But, you know, and I mentioned this, you know, there's, there's more, you know, as a club that we're trying to be a global club, that we're trying to be sort of uh, best practice. We have a number of stakeholders, whether that's players, whether it's our supporters, whether it's you guys in the media, whether it's our partners in the league. You know, we have a number of stakeholders that we have to think about. And for us, it was a decision that was, a tough decision. Look, it's a decision that we knew we were going to get heat for, and it's bad timing. I, you know, hold my hand up to that. It's something that we didn't envisage it ending after 13 MLS games, 17 games in total. But we had to make the decision we did for the best interest of the club. When did you know? Did you know two weeks ago? Did you know after the spat with Martina, uh, Joseph Martinez came out? I mean, when did you guys know that this was something you were going to do? No, I mean, it wasn't really till, till the day that we made the decision, Carl. Obviously, we've been doing some due diligence in terms of a, a number of issues. Um, you know, let me stress it, but Joseph didn't have a factor. Like I said, you know, ironically, that got resolved um, actually the day of the game on the Saturday, and then Sunday, Joseph was training. But it was something where, you know, we were doing our due diligence, and it's not a decision that you take lightly, but at that time, with all the facts that, um, that we had, we had to make a decision that was in the best interest of the club. So uh, we made it then. 
I want to follow that up, Mike, with how much responsibility do you take, Darren? This is what we've gotten from supporters, Atlanta United fans, you know, and I'm I'm sure you've heard this as well. Um, Dukes and Bell, this falls solely on the shoulders of Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra, that they have now chosen two guys who have not worked out. We feel like the organization um, has taken a step backwards. And I, I'm curious to know how much do you feel this is solely on your shoulders or is this was this solely your decision to, to bring him in? I mean, how do you answer that question to Atlanta United listeners and fans? Well, at first, I think it's a collective decision, but solely I think, you know, it falls on my shoulders and I'll take it. And I think, look, this, this is something where when, you know, so short into, a, into someone's tell you have to do this, like, um, you know, it's not great, but these things happen. I think, you know, first I want to say that, like this happens, you know, all over the world in, in soccer clubs where, you know, coaches can be great fits at some clubs and not at others. And sometimes, you know, the, the idea is it's just the same as transfers. You're never going to get every transfer right. Um, it's, you know, it's crazy to expect that every uh, transfer to be a slam dunk, but you've got to get more right than you've not. So I think, you know, firstly, let me say, you know, falls on my shoulders and no one feels it more than me. You know, I've been here from day one building this club. You know, I've been here from, as we put the, the pieces together with our wonderful supporters and I'm, you know, as big a supporter as anyone. So, you know, it falls squarely on me. What I would say though, and I, and I want to put a little bit of perspective, I know it's difficult when, you know, something like this happens and we have the sort of, uh, the comments that I understand, but, you know, let me take Frank for an example. Frank season, Frank is still a top 10 all-time MLS coach in his record. So our first two hires was Tata, who's actually the top coach ever in MLS record, and Frank DeBoer was the set, uh, 10th. So our first two hires are top 10 all-time in a league that's been going for 27 years. In the first season that we had with Frank, we won two trophies. We were one game away from hosting another MLS Cup final. We actually started the next season unbeaten with two wins, and then we went to the bubble. And obviously what happened there was a number of factors where it fell apart very quickly. But for me, that was a great season that Frank had in 19. So when you actually look at it, we're talking about a year from when we were in the bubble to where we are now. That's 34 games. It's one season. So absolutely full squarely on my shoulders. But to put it in a little bit of perspective, you know, we are now focused. We've got 20 games left in this season. We feel like we've got a good shot to strengthen the squad in this window. Uh, we still are aiming for the playoffs. I want to be clear, this isn't sort of a season where we're saying, look, we're packing it in. And we're absolutely working, you know, 110% to get it back on track. Darren Eels is with us, guys, on your home of Atlanta United. We'll have the call for you against Columbus uh, coming up tomorrow, 3.30, by the way, is the kick. You know, Darren, one last note before we talk about what happened up in Cincinnati moving forward. Did a, did a bunch of players communicate to you just how unhappy they were? Did they go directly to the Players Association and MLS? Yeah, look, Mike, I can't really talk about it, but, you know, just I can talk in hypotheticals. Like, what happens is the players have a union, the union talks to the league. We can't get involved as a club. If there's a dispute in, in those respects, what happens is it goes to the league and then, you know, there's a finding that takes place. So it doesn't happen directly. Um, it's the same with CBA negotiations. You know, the clubs can never get involved with the players' union in those factors. Mm. Joseph had a presser this week. I know you're aware of that as well. Darren Hills joining us here on Dukes and Bell. He talked about going through a, a, a spout where he had COVID and, and, you know, some heart concerns and the doctors have cleared him on all of that. This is a big conversation in the NFL right now, Darren. I'm just curious, do you guys, what are you telling your players about the vaccination? And I don't know how many Atlanta United players have been vaccinated. I know you guys are in your season now, and the NFL has not yet started. But with, with that news of Joseph, I think it took some people by surprise. Yeah, and look, we're not, it's, it's difficult, Carl, to talk about it, but um, 
you saw the photos of the vaccinations. So as far as, uh, as our club's concerned, you know, we had the vaccinations. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't get COVID again. And obviously, we'd still encourage anyone to get a vaccination because even if you get it, once you've been vaccinated, it's, uh, it's usually a lot less severe. Um, but yeah, look, it was tough for Joseph because, you know, Joseph went to the Copa America, you know, he's down there in Brazil. Um, you know, he's talked about it now. He commented about it, but, you know, he had the positive test, so he had to isolate again. And you always have to, when you come back to training, do some um, some regular, you know, heart tests to come back. That's just something that everybody who comes back after COVID has to do. And they were all fine, thank goodness. And, you know, he's back out there on the pitch. And look, we need Joseph back again. Look, <laughs> I'm aware that, you know, this last year we've had, we haven't had a Joseph fit at 100%. You know, we've had this season where he was coming back, it's been stop-start because he got called up for the Venezuela team. Then he had COVID again. I thought he was magnificent when he came on as a sub on Wednesday, um, just, you know, in niching together the play. And, you know, we were unfortunate not to get the win there. But, you know, frankly, in a salary cap league, we need Joseph to be back being the Joseph that we know he can be because that's ultimately part of the reason we have our success is that, you know, he's such a great player. So, you know, we're excited that he's back. And look, it was all a little bit of, you know, two big personalities in terms of Joseph and, and Gabby. You know, Joseph's committed to this city, to this club. Um, you know, he's someone that lives and breathes Atlanta United. And, you know, we just need him back there. And being a leader like he was on Wednesday, he's got to continue to do that. You know, it's important that he's out there getting back to 100% because when we've got a Joseph fit and 100%, you know, we're, we're a danger. We can get in the playoffs. We're a danger to anyone. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell. Headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone does not have to keep you down. They can help, guys. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. His name is Dansby. The Braves win behind Dansby Swanson's first career Grand Slam. Brian Snicker was like, look, we'll take it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's really good because, you know, it was, like I say, long night last night and um, short morning and all that. And, but it's good. Just see him pushing the envelope a little bit. So, Dansby talked about this stretch of games, guys. Another matchup with the Phillies today. As we talked about, this is four games. So, you got them today. You got them Saturday, Sunday before heading to New York to take on the Mets. Here's Dansby Swanson. No, I mean, it's a cool moment, obviously. Uh, it's a cool moment, I think, 
a great way to kind of start the road trip just for us in general, you know, being able to um, get some runs early uh, and uh, kind of just take control of the game early. I felt like it was really important. Yeah, last night watching the game, and uh, I mean, it's big a moment as you can get, Grand Slam. And I got trolled by my own producer, Squidbilly, last night. He's like, Dan's got more RBIs than Austin Riley. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, go get your Dansby poster out, Squid. What do you want from me? The only reason I brought it up yesterday and I was calling him out was he was two for 22 to start the second half, you know, going up against the Rays and the, uh, you know, and the Padres. So I was like, yeah, I need, that's why I said, need Dansby to do more. And I, you and I even discussed like launch angle and why guys strike out more nowadays. Right. But either way, great, great effort from Dansby. And then, uh, you know, I thought solid effort too. I thought Morton did a really nice job. I did, too. All right, we're going to talk more about today's matchup coming up as we go around the yard a little bit later on. Meanwhile, in other news, uh, you know, everyone's talking about the SEC media days that happened this week. Greg Sankey talking about the future of the TV rights for the SEC. Well, immediately this fall, we're going to use some ESPN Plus opportunities in football. That allows local decision-making around kickoff times, which uh, I think has been welcomed. We're going to continue to monitor what's going to happen in the transition from satellite cable to more digital. Uh, what we learned is it's not as if cable is going to go away. There are plenty of stories about diminishment of households, but the reality is we need broadcast TV, which we'll have more of in the new agreement. Thanks to Chris Goforth, by the way, Mike, with that interview. He was there all week for us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Right. I just don't like having to pay for everything a la carte. And now the guy got ESPN Plus. You and I can write it off. We're broadcasters. But, you know, for the average Joe, if you don't want to pick it, was it like six bucks? Yeah. You know, or a month or whatever that is. I'm not even sure what it is. I just sure it bills somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, I, older people don't stream as much as younger people. But streaming is the way and non-traditional ways to watch a product. That's all about, uh, you know, what, what, where everyone has gone with everything, not just sports. Uh, Big 12 officials held a meeting yesterday. We talked about it late in the show um, (laughs) about Texas and OU potentially coming to the SEC. Here's what Eli Drinkwitz, he's the coach at Missouri, said in regards to the rumors on Texas and OU coming. I've been trying to tell people everybody wants to play in the SEC, man. And if uh, you can attract a couple of really good schools to come play, that's great. We're ready for any challenge that uh, is thrown at us. So, listen, all these coaches are like, Behind the scenes, damn it! And then in front of cameras are like, yeah, we welcome the challenge. This makes the conference tougher. It just mm-hmm. does. Um, you know, especially if you're a school like Missouri, Mike, or, uh, you know, a, a school like Ole Miss or Miss State. It, it, it just does. You're already – it's an uphill battle. And there are going to be years – this is what we talk about, those expectations, where those schools are really good, but how do you become good every year? It's almost impossible when you have to, to, to fend off the Georgias, the Floridas, the, the Bamas, right. and now you're talking about OU and Texas being involved in the recruiting process in the SEC? As we said call them a Walmart or an Amazon of college football. I mean, like, it is going to be a, you know, a behemoth. And I don't know, they may have to revisit how many teams are going to allow from a specific conference, right, in this 12-team playoff. Yeah. Because you could have six teams in the top ten from this. Because Florida could lose a game or two. You know, you, the way this thing is going, you'll, have, you'll still have such a killer strength of schedule, especially if the SEC expands to nine conference games, which I think they've got to. I mean, you can't not play a team from another division for, for a decade, Carl, because that's where you're at right now practically. But, I mean, you've got to expand the regular season. I mean, we just saw them play a 10-game you know, conference-only schedule, and I don't think anybody fell off the earth, right? I mean, no. if no. anything else, I know it hurts the, the, the mid-majors that depend on those paychecks for homecoming beatdowns. 
but I'd love to see them expand uh, their regular schedule. But what, my point I'm getting to, Carl, you're still going to have a huge strength of schedule, even with one loss or two, like Georgia would have been eligible for an expanded playoff, even with two losses the other year. i, I got to say this, too. So even if you go, like, you go to nine games because you had the two teams, and then let's just say uh, – Georgia plays USC in a pre-conference game, right? One of these big kickoff specials. I don't even think that matters if you in this conference with with this competition, Mike. You 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 almost play that game just to get your kids ready for a big atmosphere or, or later in the season. But you can lose that game and still play your conference schedule because it's so tough. To your point, I just. I don't know if those games are even going to matter like they do now because, again, like the Clemson-Georgia game, right? We've said this. Oh, well, Georgia can lose. I don't expect them to. But if they run through the SEC, they're still going to end up in the SEC championship game. But if you added another SEC game, so now you're talking about nine conference games – I just that that's a tough who's matching that schedule around the country nobody I mean look the big 12 we talked about this yesterday with all due respect it's Ohio State Michigan has not lived up to their end of the bargain Wisconsin is the team is you know Minnesota is a tough out as is Indiana but they're not elite right no, no. so I mean and the Pac-12 we're still waiting for USC and Oregon to get back on top Washington actually played in the final four a couple of years remember they came here to the Georgia Dome got beat by Alabama so it can happen again. Like the Pac-12 is never going to put somebody back in the playoffs. It's just right now these are lean times, and they always seem to play those high-scoring games, and there's always crazy upsets. So it just bodes well for the SEC. The rich get richer. But it is interesting if the, if the realignment brings Alabama and Auburn to the east. That, that's a whole other animal for Georgia fans, isn't it? Boy, I mean, it is. Well, uh, this is going to be interesting, guys. And, and you guys know this is not going anywhere. This is, everybody's talking about it. It's something that's out there. And we'll see as more information comes out about this move. Again, not right now. But it's looming. And now it gets down to how soon could this potentially happen. All right, coming up. Your employer says you get the shot, you say no. You get in the shot, you say no. They say out. It happened today in the NFL. It's next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 